Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. Hello, everybody. And welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I am not Danielle Tucker, but I am on The Unstoppable Singer team. My name is Iris Duncan, and I'm so excited to bring a very special edition of the show. The Unstoppable Singer is a live interview-style show where we dive into the lives of real professional singers who have achieved incredible feats in their careers. We explore the challenges and triumphs that come with a life under the bright lights, and we learn what being unstoppable truly means to them. So if you're passionate about music and the stories of remarkable artists, then you're in the right place. So stick around because I'm about to introduce our very special guest tonight. It is Danielle Tucker. Danielle, <laughs> let me go ahead and give your, your intro here. Danielle is a professional singer-songwriter with 25 years of experience singing country, rock, pop, gospel, and jazz. She's performed with celebrated artists like Chris Young, Jamie Johnson, John, Josh Grayson, Jamie O'Neill, Phil Vassar, James Otto, and Juice Newton. She currently works as a solo performer, studio artist, vocal coach, and career advisor. And she's the lead vocalist for the award-winning uh, San Diego-based band, The Mighty Untouchables. Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer, Danielle. Thank you. <laughs> this is Fancy awesome. seeing you here. <laughs> yeah, this is great. I'm so excited we're doing this. And everybody give it up for Iris Duncan. I have to introduce you too, because... <laughs> Most people don't know Iris Duncan because she is so stealth behind the scenes of everything, but um, Iris is the Unstoppable Singer Project Manager, and pretty much everything behind the scenes she she touches turns to gold, and so she is like my right-hand woman and could not do anything without her, so thanks for being here, and thanks for having me on, Iris. Absolutely. And it's great to see you in the hot seat for once. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> now, we know you as Danielle Tucker and all of the things we just talked about, but I'd love if you could take us back to the very beginning of your career. How did you get started as a singer? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have definitely been singing since I was a young kid. I think mm-hmm. um, I always had an affinity for performing for my family and My mom loved it. And so my older brother and I, whenever we'd have friends and family over, she was always encouraging us to, you know, put on our little performances. And so we would costume up most of the time in like Michael Jackson gear and everything and put on our little shows. Um, And uh, he eventually grew out of it, but I never did. And um, as a young kid, I started uh, getting involved in these school talent shows. pageant the pageant world I I was not interested in the modeling aspects of it Mm. but I just wanted to be involved in the talent aspects of it Um, I was always really the one initiating asking you know my parents if I could take voice lessons if I could be a part of this or that and they they definitely you know always you know humored me and Mm. and uh you know would would take me where I asked to go um 
And then as I got a little bit older, maybe in my preteens, teens years, uh, I started singing in church and um, I started in church choir and I grew up in a Southern Baptist church and eventually they started letting me sing solos in church. And um, I think my love for, you know, public performance just grew and grew. I, I took every performance opportunity that was available to me. And a lot of that looked like church singing, talent shows, competitions. Um, but I think my first big event that really gave me some confidence or belief that I could really do something with this. And I think it gave my parents the confidence and belief was uh, when I auditioned for Ed McMahon's Star Search and got on the show. So we went to Orlando, Florida to Universal Studios and taped um, the Ed McMahon Star Search show. And that was kind of the beginning, the beginnings of my career. That's amazing too, just having, you said your parents like supported you through that. Did you have to convince them or was it like they already knew you had this in you? You know what? My parents um, were busy people. They kind of led very active lives of their own. And so I would not have um, classified them or identified them at all as being stage parents or, or anything. It's just, I think they just really wanted me and my brothers to find those things that we love to do. And they just were willing to go along with it and encourage it. I'm not so sure that they really saw any significant talent in me as a kid. It really was, um, I think, once I had grown as a singer in the church and then gotten involved in, in the TV show, that they, once they saw some external affirmation of that, other than just the the biased parents feeling, then they started to think like, oh, you know, this this could be this could be something serious. <laughs> and so then you get on the show. What, where, how do you get from there to the Mighty Untouchables? Like yeah. how, do, how do we get to that bridge? That's a good question. So shortly after we taped that show, um, my parents divorced. So we moved from the East Coast back to San Diego, where um, most of my family was from originally. My parents were from there originally. So we kind of came back and uh, settled here. By that time, I was in junior high and I started getting involved with um, school choir. And then I was introduced to a local church um, that was just down the road from me. Um, a friend had introduced me. And it was close enough for me to walk to from my house. So one Sunday morning, she'd invited me to church and I walked over there and met her. And this was my first exposure to a contemporary Christian church and what the music format was of something like that. Until then, up until then, I had been in this Southern Baptist church, which was very traditional, very, um, you know, we sang from hymnals. Um, yeah. It's Back then we were starting to get a little spicy with like some contemporary Christian music at church, but it was still a little risque. It was, you were really pushing the envelope with that stuff. Mm. But, um, but my first exposure to that um, format of music was at this church and I walk in this Sunday morning and it's this um, big congregation in an elementary school gymnasium. Mm. And on the stage was this band that was just unbelievable all professional mm -hmm. musicians, all professional singers, professional sound system, lights, mm -hmm. everything. And I just was stunned, you know, by what I was seeing. And, you know, I was just instantly hooked by that. 
and just thought, wow, you know, I would love to do something like that. So I continued coming back every week. I eventually, you know, learned who the, um, who the, uh, worship pastor was and I introduced yeah. myself and, you know, I'm pretty sure I started kind of hounding him, dropping a lot of hints that I wanted to be involved. I was too young though. Um, you know, they're, I don't think they allowed people to be in the choir until they were 18 years old. And at this time I'm like, you know, maybe 14, 15 years old. So he started giving me some other roles like working with children's music and, um, a few things like that. Uh, but eventually he caved and he did let me join uh, um, the worship choir when I was, I think, 16 years old. And then, um, you know, once he got more familiar with me and my singing, he's, he started letting me do some feature solo singing. Um, so that was really the beginning of um, a long history of being, you know, with this church, which eventually grew to be a very large church. But I, I mm -hmm. stayed with them for uh, a long time. Um, I had dabbled with college after school. I didn't really know what I was going to do for sure. I knew I wanted to sing, um, but I hadn't really gotten too serious about that. Um, I did start working in some uh, cover bands just to make money and kind of have that you know outlet to perform in public. I got my first real professional job singing in a uh, cover band that did a circuit uh, on the East Coast from Ocean City, Maryland, down to uh, Miami, Florida. Oh. Uh, so yeah, so we would, uh, this band, I I joined them when I was 17 or 18 years old. Oh my right goodness. After, yeah, right after I had graduated. And wow. um, it was my first like real venture away mm. from home too. And so I, I joined this band and uh, for about six months straight, we would perform every single day at a resort. And at night, we would perform in wow. their nightclub. And um, I was so green, you know, when I showed up there, they really had kind of hired me sight unseen. Um, but in a very short amount of time, I got uh, so much experience. They taught me so much every single mm. night. I got a rundown of what I needed to improve, what I'd done well, what I had not done well. And um, I just, I had to get up to speed so fast and I had no other life outside of the band. I had no friends out there. I had no family, nothing to distract me. So anytime I wasn't on stage, I was in my hotel room, you know, practicing, working on attire, working on, you know, this or that. And so, you know, those six months just, um, you know, shaped me so much. Um, I, I left the band after six months and came home and just kind of floundered for a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually, um, after a brief stint at Azusa Pacific University, where I'd gone as a music major, mm -hmm. um, I began working for an entertainment uh, attorney in L.A., and they introduced me to a phenomenal vocal coach out there. And um, he eventually introduced me to uh, a man named Kurt Howell, who produced my first country EP. And oh, so wow. I, wanted, yeah, I wanted to pursue being an original country artist. Mm -hmm. And simultaneously, I'm still living in San Diego. I'm still working in this amazing um, church band. Um, yeah. 
and I was very heavily involved with that group. And so as I was, um, as I was promoting this uh, country EP, the guys um, in the church band had decided um, they wanted to form a corporate show band. They had, they had all had experience in that and they kind of were looking to form their, you know, kind of dream project. So, mm. you know, we were working at the church. They, they were uh, acting as the band to, the, to promote my country EP too, all the while. Mm. And so um, from that, the Mighty Untouchables was born. And oh, wow. Yeah. That's so, such an organic like transition. It was, it was, mm. it, it has been, you know, the most like full circle journey <laughs> ever. But yeah, we, wow. we started um, the band in 2009 and uh, we're still together today and absolutely stronger than ever. Wow. I love, uh, thank you for sharing your story because there fits there that I didn't even know. Um, yeah. I think there is this idea with many industries, but I think especially in entertainment where you have to hit certain markers or do certain things in order to succeed, right? And I think, for example, going to college um, and there's nothing wrong with going to college, but just hearing that, you know, you did go, you, you tried and everything like that, but really your experience and kind of knowledge came from, I would say those six months of, you know, being right out of high school, jumping into that band on the East coast, working every single day, you learned so much there on the road, doing the work than actually sitting in a classroom. Yeah, that absolutely on the job training, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think that that is, you know, so important. And I really don't think that there's any correct pathway into the business. Um, I think really the key to it is just picking a lane in and getting some consistency with it. I think mm -hmm. it's it's committing to a committing to a pathway, but also keeping an eye open at all times for those other little things that pop up, you know, those other little seeds, those other little opportunities mm -hmm. and just um, keeping an open mind and, and taking, you know, when you're new in this and, and you don't, you know, you're not really making any money, you're not, you know, you don't have a ton of traction. Um, you've got to take everything that's available to you, especially, you know, if you're young and you don't have family and you don't have all of these life commitments, it's mm -hmm. such a great time in life just to take everything that comes your way because you just, you never know what is going to become of, you know, any one little opportunity and really treating every opportunity um, with a great deal of care because I can't tell you how many people I know now 25, 30 years later, who I met way back then doing a little side gig or a little show who are significant people in my life now, you know, and I, and I, I look back and I'm glad that I treated, you know, my experience with them with um, a lot of care, you know, and, and gave them my best because just so many things transpire from that. No, no opportunities too little for you or too big for you when, when you're just starting. Mm, absolutely. Uh, there's this idea, right, that as you get experienced or get older, we start to see our failures not as failures, but kind of as battle scars from experiences that we learned from that we might have thought were failures at the time. Mm -hmm. What's a lesson that you've learned from an experience you've had that maybe hurt at the time, but now you realize you've, you've learned a lot from? Oh, God. There's too many to count, to be honest, you know. <laughs> but a lot of battle wounds. 
Yeah. One of the big ones is, um, as I mentioned, I had um, really wanted to pursue being um, an original country artist. And I'd gone as far as going all the way out to Nashville to record. And, you know, that um, that project was supposed to be shopped. And in my mind, I'd, I'd poured so much into it, so much expectation. And I had worked so hard to promote it and um, really gave it everything I had. And I, I had this vision in my mind of what the outcome of that was going to be. In my mind, it meant I would get a recording contract. I would, yeah. you know, I would go on tour. I would have my own band. I would be, you know, writing my own songs and recording album after album. Um, that that was the picture. That was the vision that I had. And um, it was not long after having the uh, recording done. And I'm I'm back in San Diego promoting it and everything. And you know, and it's it's being circulated in Nashville. It wasn't long before it became apparent that it wasn't going to go anywhere. You know, it just mm -hmm. by by what the market was looking for, um, it just wasn't my time. It wasn't mm -hmm. what the market needed or wanted at the time. And that really, it, it hurt me a lot. And it really at the time made me question, why did I do all that? You know, why mm -hmm. why did I put myself out there? Why did I you know, invest in the project? Why did I invest all the time and energy? And, you know, at the time it, it really stung. And I was so fortunate that um, the, just having the, uh, the momentum of promoting the EP, mm -hmm. little did I really notice at the time was that it may not have sparked my original country career, but the quality of the band and the quality of the music that I was working with was so good that people just loved the band. And then from there, we started getting booked to do these like um, corporate events. We started getting booked to do these, um, you know, concert we were opening for, you know, um, you know, national touring acts that were coming through our local area. Um, and it was really it got so much traction and, and it stayed strong, you know, for a long time. And that was also, you know, part of the springboard for um, the mighty untouchables as well. And I think it really wasn't until a few years down the road um, that I realized that it was okay for me to change the vision you know, mm. I had done the right thing by putting in the work. I had done the right thing by being consistent and being creative and, and pouring my heart and soul into it. But yeah. I think at some point we just have to be okay with what is because truly I, I don't look at that point in my life now as having been a failure, you know, because I didn't get a recording deal or that it didn't go this way because I look at the career that I have now and the way things turned out now. I work in a, you know, channel of the industry that is probably one of the most lucrative that mm. the industry has to offer to musicians. And I think, wow, I, I could I could be famous now recording albums and maybe not even have the amount of income that I make now, you know, mm -hmm. because you 
you know, it, it may be very glamorous, you know, for some of these touring artists, but a lot of them aren't making a lot of money or anything. And yeah, just, yeah. I, you know, the, what I get out of the band that I'm in now and just the career that I built, I love it. And I would not change it for anything at all. Mm. You heard it from Danielle here. You can change the vision. Like that's, needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> yes. You can change the vision. <laughs> you can change the vision. So you just released a brand new website and on it, you're giving away a freebie. And we talked about learning from our experiences. Well, there's a freebie you can grab right now and it's called a hundred ways to get paid as a singer mm -hmm. and having just kind of walked through your experience. Can you share any of those um, options that you personally have done? Sure. Yeah, I put together that um, list because, and I know we'll get into this more, uh, but you know, as as I've grown as um, a vocal coach and mentor, it's it's it is absolutely crucial for anybody working in this industry that they develop multiple streams of income. Income. You you really mm -hmm. cannot just put your eggs all in one basket if you want to build a sustainable career. Um, so honing in on two, three, maybe four things that you're, mm -hmm. you're very good at and that you can make money at um, is a winning combination for sure. So, you know, you're going to find a hundred different things on this list, which isn't even the complete, you know, list right. of, of things that really are truly available to us. But um, through my journey as a singer, I have worked as a, you know, lead singer in a band. I've mm -hmm. been a backup singer. Uh, I've been mm -hmm. a solo artist. I've been a church singer. I've done session work in studio and from home. Um, gosh, oh my gosh, I have been uh, commissioned to, you know, write and record a song. Mm -hmm. And um, oh my gosh, I've I've worked as a vocal coach, obviously. Yes. Uh, there are, man, there are so many okay. things on that list that I've done. And I'm so glad that I, you know, developed that um, the, that ability to have like skills in multiple areas because it's really, really served me well. You know, I've, there's definitely one primary area for me and that's, mm -hmm. you know, live performance and everything, but still those other things still, you know, support me and, and, you know, give me a lot of security to know that if, if one thing falls through, I'll have another. Always. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the new brand, the unstoppable singer and uh, also the journey to getting here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in when 2020 COVID hit, mm. uh, of course, the Mighty Untouchables were just going strong. It should have been an absolute record year for us. And everything just came to a very abrupt halt. Mm -hmm. And um, it gave me a needed break, which I actually kind of appreciated. But yeah. just being the busybody that I am, it wasn't long <laughs> until I got bored and, you know, itchy. And I just, I had to do something creative. And so um, I just had this idea spark. And I'm sure it came from having seen other people live streaming on the internet. And I thought, oh, mm. well, it might be cool to do like some interviews just with my local um friends who are singers and, you know, colleagues and everything just to get together and chat, support one another, see how they're managing life, how they're getting by, what ideas they have. And yeah. just to kind of, you know, it was really for support and connection. It was the only mm -hmm. way we could connect. Right. So um, 
I, I started it, I started doing it weekly and just stayed very consistent with it. And, um, I don't know how popular it became, but it felt good to me and it felt like mm -hmm. the right thing to be doing. And I was getting enough feedback that told me, well, it's impacting somebody. And it, it really started opening my eyes to so many solutions that singers in my boat, you know, really had at their fingertips, like learning to record from home, um, learning other aspects of the business, like sync licensing, um, mm. and another, a number of other areas where you could make money and survive, you know, if you couldn't be in the live performance space at that time. And so, um, I am a, uh, I'm a curator. I'm a person mm. who just loves to absorb information and catalog it, <laughs> you know, I stay, yeah. it stays with me forever. And so it was my natural inclination to come up with this idea to put together this um, virtual summit. And I thought, well, why not pull all of these resources together mm -hmm. of all these different people in the business um, who are experts in all these given areas and invite all the singers, you know, to show up, get educated, lay all the cards on the table and yeah. see what really is available to them. So I, um, I hosted the, the pandemic proof singer summit number one in that, um, we had 30 speakers. Um, we had a couple thousand singers that, um, wow. that, uh, registered for the event. Um, and it was a big success and it just, it felt so good. It felt mm -hmm. so good. The feedback was amazing. And so I, I went on to do um, the next four years. I did an annual summit every year. We just finished our fourth one yeah. last month. And, uh, it, you know, it was bigger and better than ever. Um, the live stream has continued all four of these years. And then last mm -hmm. year, we turned it into a podcast as well. So I had all these wonderful things happening as a singer, a vocal coach and mentor that were so like cyclical working to support one another, the live stream podcasts, the summits, the in-person and online coaching, um, you know, in my own personal performance experience that um, it, it inspired me to pull all those things under, you know, one umbrella as the unstoppable singer. And mm -hmm. so that's how, you know, this brand was born and that's how just the messaging and the mission behind the brand um, developed. And so it's not, you know, it's not just uh, technical vocal coaching anymore, but rather a really holistic approach to the business, shaping you as, you know, a great singer working on your craft, but also giving you the resources and the know-how to use something with that craft and, you know, make a yeah. living out of it. Amazing. Um, you mentioned on the site, busting uh, the big break myth. Uh, what does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked that because going back to the question you asked about, you know, my failures. And I think I was of the mindset that a lot of singers are when you're young, we see this very mainstream image of what it means to make mm -hmm. it as a performer in this business. And that means having record deals, going on tour, you know, being a major influencer on, on a social media and, mm -hmm. you know, having that fame and, um, 
getting that big break, getting that one viral video, you know, that just explodes your life. Mm -hmm. And either that or you're just a starving artist. You just pour everything into your craft and you you don't sell out. You don't, you just, you're all about the creativity. And little do people understand that there's a lot of things in between those two mm. items on the spectrum. You know, there's not just one or the other. There, There's a whole industry that lives and thrives every day that supports the lives of thousands and thousands of singers yeah. and you know uh, many of which are making you know wonderful living yeah. and everything that I do with the unstoppable singer on this show the summit um, in my own private practice is to really heighten the awareness of that to singers that um, whatever degree you want to take this to whether you want to remain a hobbyist your entire life just for the pure joy of singing um, or if you want to you know, keep your day job, but also, you know, make a little yeah. something on the side while you're being creative and also, you know, pursuing your um, dreams of singing uh, the, for the love of it. Or if you want to be a full-time, you know, serious professional singer, all of which are great. Um, mm -hmm. The, you know, there is a pathway for you to do that. And, and there is just, you know, there's this whole world that most people don't see in the mainstream that I just, you know, I really need singers to know that. I love that. Um, what is something about the music industry or just in general, this career path, um, although there are many, right, uh, that people get wrong? Maybe it's false expectations that they might have. Yeah. I think the biggest one is thinking that things are going to happen quickly or things are going to mm. happen overnight. Of course, you know, in this day and age with, with social media, we do, we do see those unicorns or we see those like, you know, uh, very rare occurrences of somebody. Um, we see this, we see them get mm. a viral video and we think they're an overnight sensation. Right. But the reality is I guarantee mm. you, 99.9% .9 of creators online, on TV, um, recording artists, it, you name it, mm -hmm. there is so much more that went into uh, the effort before you ever saw that viral video break. You mm. know, these are these people are creating total crap every day, terrible mm. videos, terrible songs, <laughs> you know, and but they're consistent. They're, you know, they're, they're doing the work. They're putting in the effort. We'll never see that. We'll mm -hmm. never see that show up on, you know, TikTok or Instagram or anything, but I guarantee you it happened. And, um, you know, not everybody's going to have that, that viral break, but I think that is the biggest, you know, misconception is that, okay, I'll try something, you know, for a little while, make a few videos. I'll write a couple songs, um, but then to like immediately get discouraged when after writing your third song, right. you don't get a placement or after making your third self tape at home and post it on TikTok and, and, you know, you only have like a hundred views on it or whatever, that it's not right for you. I think you got to pick something that you love doing that feels good and natural to you that you feel energized and inspired to do and just stick with it for a while. Mm -hmm. Just let it get a little bit of traction. And again, 
keeping your eyes open, you know, stay on that pathway, keep consistent, but keeping your eyes open for other little things that are popping up, you know, that, that may be other opportunities because, you know, everything, one thing leads to another, to another, to another, and just being patient, giving yourself mm. time and knowing that this is not, um, this is not something that happens overnight, but, um, you know, just really giving it that time, that space to evolve and also making sure that you are enjoying the journey of it because mm. before you know it, you're going to find yourself 25 years down the road like I have and look back yeah. and think, God, that went so fast. You know, mm. it went so fast. But and, and and I look back and I wish there there are so many things I wish I just had appreciated more, you know, in the moment mm. really yeah. savored them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I love what you said, just not discounting all the steps along the way, because you can learn so much from them. And we've seen that a lot also with some of your guests, many of your guests, actually, who look back and talk about how they you know, got to where they are today. Yeah. And sometimes if it's not an experience, if it's not a particular person they worked with, you know, it might be a certain song they wrote or a certain video, something that ends mm -hmm. up leading to, you know, eventually what, where where they end up, are, where they end up being today, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's so beautiful and important to keep in mind. It really and is. You've, you've talked before about uh, the idea of like the unstoppable singer and uh, where kind of vocal coaching meets career mentorship. Can you explain that to me a little bit more? Sure. Well, it's, you know, the world of vocal training has changed and evolved so quickly. Like I would say maybe in the past 10 years, you know, where it was very easy to find a local um, voice teacher who was, you know, teaching um, from a classical pedagogy or from, you know, the musical theater world. And that's just kind of what was available to you. You know, there you didn't, it, it wasn't as common to come by contemporary, you know, vocal coaches, commercial style vocal coaches and everything. But we see so much more of that it's it's everywhere now and <clears throat> along with that i think that many private instructors and many instructor instructors in the academic world are realizing um it is a wonderful valuable thing to work on the craft constantly but if we don't teach singers and musicians to go out into the real world and learn the soft and hard skills as being a professional, you know, we're not doing any service to them. You know, I can tell you, I went to music school and I was not taught how to be a professional musician. I, I learned so much about singing and music, but mm -hmm. no guidance on what to do in the business. I needed that from the mentors in my life. I needed that from the other musicians in my life who were more experienced, more seasoned than me. And so um, I myself 100% embrace that in my coaching style. You know, I don't want a singer to just come to me just to learn to sing. I need to know that they want to do something with it. I don't care what it is they want to do with it, you know, whether it's they want to be great karaoke singer or they just want to like blow their family away at family parties or if they want to be on the Grammy stage someday, you know, I don't care what that is, but they need to um, be able to like visualize that pathway and know that that is possible for them because 
Otherwise, what's really going to drive you? You know, what's mm-hmm. going to drive you to stay with that? And um, so anyways, I, I just, to me, it's really my belief that, you know, the coaching, the technical coaching and the, you know, business mentorship, they go hand in hand. I can't see myself mm. working with singers um, one without the other. Mm. That's so great. And they get, they get that working with you. So if somebody does want to work with you, a singer who's either starting out or has been doing this for some time, where's the best place to start? Sure. Well, I mean, I would love it if everyone would check out my new website, which is theunstoppablesinger.com. And um, I have a private um, practice here in uh, San Diego where I see singers in person here at my home studio, but I also um, uh, do online. And if you go to the unstoppable singer, um, com, you're also going to see all of the other um, offerings that I have as far as like digital courses. You can um, buy past summits to, um, you know, experience the summit again, um, all like highly educational um, things. And, you know, you can um, you can set an appointment to do a consultation on private uh, coaching with me as well. Um, this summer, I'm offering something super special that I have never, ever done before. Um, I decided for the summer, I want to, I want to pick five singers who want to like accelerate their goals like crazy over the summer, Mm -hmm. who have the time to do some private coaching with me, who have the time to do some homework. Um, and this is, it's a four week program that happens between the month of June and July. And it includes um, four actual, you know, hour long sessions with me. And then there's a lot of behind the scenes support, a lot of um, steps taken on your own, but I'm always going to be there in the background, you know, supporting you with the efforts and everything. And this um, package also includes um, all the digital offerings. I have the courses and the uh, summits. So this is like, God, I couldn't even tell you how many hours of content this is and, you know, what a like fire hose of information that it would be, but it's, it's going to be a really, you know, in-depth, um, four weeks that can really kind of catapult you into, uh, the fall, you know, once summer's over and life (laughs) gets back into a normal speed. Um, so yeah, that's the four week summer transformation program that I'm offering. That's a really great place to start if you really want to get going. But um, the best place to go is either there or just to the unstoppablesinger.com. Amazing. And we just put the links uh, in the chat as well. So you can see those there as a comment. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I have a few questions and I call this the hot seat portion. Danielle does not know these questions at all. These are just a little trick up my sleeve. And I think as a performer who sometimes has to improvise, I wanted to tap into that skill set really quick. So I have a few questions I'm going to ask. And you have like three seconds to answer each one. (laughs) There's no timer. So (laughs) take that for what it's worth. But uh, the first question is, have you, and and you have to be honest. That's that's the whole goal of this. You have to be honest. So no lying. Have you ever messed up the words to the national anthem live? Oh my God. Yes. I'm traumatized (laughs) for life from that. Yes. Okay, which line? <laughs> I don't even know, but it probably was one of the most traumatizing experiences of my life. And so anytime now that I'm asked to sing the national anthem, it it chills me to the core. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
You are the, as you mentioned before, lead vocalist for the award-winning San Diego-based band, The Mighty Untouchables. What is a highly requested song that is your least favorite to sing? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. And you have to be honest here. <laughs> okay. It's not a song that I sing the lead on. There's two other male lead singers in the band, but um, Wagon Wheel is one. Darius record mm -hmm. that is asked for all the time and it's grown on me, but I just historically never really liked it. And if you ever ask our band to play like brick house or play that funky music or mm. uh, sweet home Alabama or something like that, <laughs> just know that we're dying a slow death You're inside. inside. Uh, have you ever met a uh, musical hero of yours? Oh, wow. Um, Oh my gosh. I'm going to totally blank on names here, but um, so many of my musical heroes are like real life, regular professional Ooh. singers, not really, you know, iconic recording artists. Um, mm. These are just people that, you know, throughout my life, I got the, you know, I went to this amazing church for all of these years and they were bringing in these just phenomenal vocalists. And I was just always had this like front row seat to them to see them. And then, you know, eventually throughout my career really got to interact with them and work with them at times. And so definitely on, on that level I did. Um, there was a, a show I was part of called um, candles by Carol light, the camp carols by candlelight. And there was a country artist who I absolutely love, but I'm totally blanking on her name right now. Anyway, we can come back to that one. Here you go. <laughs> um, and then this is the last question. You have to be honest. So you have daughters. You need to be honest. Are they fans or critics? <laughs> you know what? My daughters are super fans. I don't know what it is about them, but they really like me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they uh uh oh no it's not amy womack it's it's a uh, uh there is no arizona that's the name someone commented on mm. who that could artist could have been but yeah my daughters um they love they love coming to shows and and everything um they're really great singers and performers themselves oh, but beautiful. they want no direction from me whatsoever they have no interest <laughs> in me telling them anything at all mm -mm. oh yeah. jamie o'neill jamie o'neill I, <laughs> I love that story of, of um your daughters i think I ask that because I find it can be either or. <laughs> I have two right. girls myself and sometimes they're like my biggest fans and anything I do and other times they're like, oh, okay, like no big deal. Right. <laughs> Maybe there might be a little bit of both of that, but they seem to like me. <laughs> That's so great. Um, all right. So as we draw to a close, you asked this question to every guest that you have on the show and I wanted to just direct it right back to you. What does being unstoppable mean to you? What makes Danielle Tucker unstoppable? Mm -hmm. Um, you know what? I think for me, what makes me unstoppable is that I do have a very natural drive inside of me that, um, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm inspired and I just, I want to act on that. And, um, I have been defeated and failed 
more times than you could possibly imagine. I've dealt with rejection, embarrassment, uh, shame, you know, I have come up, I've had so many ideas. I've put so many ideas in motion and everything that have just been utter, you know, bombs. Um, but I just kind of have this belief inside of me that I just have to keep going. It just something, you know, something will, uh, get traction at some point and that, you know, failure to me is just not an option. There is no end to this journey. There really is no, there's no peak, I guess, you know, or, or stopping point. Like retirement is not in my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. You know, my, where I'm at as a professional at any given time may change in the future, but I'll never stop singing. I'll never stop being active um, in the business um, I just think it's just for me, it's, it's this continuum of, um, trial and error and just, but enjoying what it is that I'm doing. And, um, just knowing that, you know, my, um, mom's dad has passed on this belief to all of us that, you know, that there's a solution to every problem or yes. some people say that it's, everything's figure outable. Right. Yes. Um, and I really believe that. I really do believe mm. that. And, um, you know, I think that's just that part of the journey, that feeling just kind of constantly keeps me pushing forward and making me seemingly unstoppable. That's so great. <laughs> that's so great. So on the note of kind of moving forward, what's next? What's next for Danielle Tucker and the Unstoppable Singer? What can we see in the future? Great. Well, uh, this week is the launch of the new brand, The Unstoppable Singer. So there's all kinds of cool stuff that I'm, um, you know, putting out into the world through um, my email list and on social media, um, just really kind of introducing this, uh, you know, house of, you know, cool stuff for singers. So I'm really actively working on getting that out. Um, we'll definitely have another summit this year. And um, behind the scenes, there's a lot of exciting things going on with that. And this may be a big transitional uh, year for that. It may be, it may look a little bit different this year. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that progresses. But, um, you know, I just think you and I will continue to work behind the scenes just to, you know, keep growing this, um, growing the podcast, growing the live stream making the summit bigger and better every single year. Um, and I can't wait to see, you know, the singers that come through my door this year. I'm always excited, you know, to see who is out there, but, um, I am always just totally on fire to, to mm. keep pushing this thing forward. And, um, I'll, I'll continue to live by that, you know, belief that I have of like staying on the path, but always keeping my eyes open from left to, left to right, because you just never know, you never know what one thing will lead to another, to another, to another. And so I think this time next year, if we stop back here again, you know, big things will have happened. Yay. And we're, uh, we're bringing everybody along with the journey. So yes. <laughs> Yes. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, for being in the hot seat this time. And you, you can see us again next week at the exact same time, same place. See you then. Thank you. Thanks, Iris. <laughs> Bye.
Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind-the-scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career. 